I want you to turn your Bible to the book of John chapter 3 today, just a moment. Today, I'd like to inform you, today is not about giving. Today is about loving. I want you to know we do not have stewardship around here to raise money. We have stewardship around here to raise Christians. And so I want you to be aware of that. Uh, I'd like to take just a portion of a, of a verse probably well known to you and many others. But I would like to talk to you today about when God gave it all. Today is Give It All Sunday. We might kind of flinch at that. The Bible says down in Gen- uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That's our text. What did God give to make this day a success? God gave it all. We're very spiritual and scriptural in what we're doing. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world. The mass of creation, the mass of fallen humanity, the mass of sinful, depraved individuals, red and yellow, black and white, all around this world, God loved sinful, fallen humanity so much that he gave. Not another son, not many sons, but his only begotten son. It's impossible for you and I to separate given and loving. You cannot separate the two. Today is not about how much you give. Today is how much do you love. You may give without loving, someone has said, but you cannot love without giving. I love to give to my family. I don't like to give to my enemies. So I suppose you might be in the same boat. I love to give to those I love. But God's love is more vast than that. He loved and he gave to those who did not love him in return. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is a heart-moving verse to realize that a God would love such a depraved individual as myself. 
and give the only son that he had, the only begotten son, to die in my place. I think in all of our Christianity, Jesus should be the example in every area of our life. I think we ought to give like Jesus, love like Jesus, go soul winning like Jesus, go to church like Jesus, depend on the word like Jesus. I think Jesus is our example. And I see here, as I read the Bible, that there's three ways that Jesus modeled giving in his life. First of all, Jesus modeled giving by his willingness. The Bible said, for God so loved this world, God was willing to give. Jesus came willingly. The Bible said, but God commended his love toward us. Over and over the Bible talks about Jesus giving willingly. You know, Paul says that when we give, we ought not to give grudgingly or necessity. For God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Someone said that Greek word is hilarious. I don't know if it is or not. But I'm sure glad that I am blessed to be able to give. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to be to give than it is to receive. I'm glad today that I can give. I'm glad today that I didn't have to pull the $100 bills as a dentist would out of my pocket, yanking and tugging and putting it in there and say, God, this is how much I love you. Is anybody here? I must have rang your phone or something. See, Jesus modeled giving by giving willingly. Not only did he give willingly, but he gave joyfully. The Bible said for the joy that was set before him. Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father on high. For the joy that was set before him. I cannot imagine how it could be joyful to go to the cross, to spread out on the cross, to have your hands nailed to the cross. The joy, what joy? In the heart of God, he was joyful because he was doing business for you and I at Calvary. This is not a ho-hum day to God. Uh, This is a day that we prove the sincerity of our love. Not only did Jesus model giving willingly, but joyfully, but he also did it sacrificially. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in his flesh. Jesus willingly, joyfully, sacrificially demonstrated given in his life. If today you did not give willingly, see me after the service and just try to get it back. If you gave willingly, probably you gave joyfully. Many of us gave sacrificially. Mm. 
Many times as I watch television and I frequently hear advertisements, something for nothing. And upon closer examination, I find out that there may be small print in that something for nothing. You know, like a free trip, which doesn't include airfare, airfare hotel, or food. Free trip. Maybe a free car, you know, if, you, uh, if your name is pulled out of one million other names in the pot, plus tax, title, and license. You know, a free car. You ever notice everything down here has got a tag to it? You ever notice that? How about a free meal at any restaurant in town if you buy one of the most expensive meals in the place? You get one free. You know, corny dog. French fries. Have you ever noticed everything down here has got a kind of got a kind of got a catch to it? How about 50% 50 off on your next purchase if it's $50,000? Can I talk to you today about an absolutely total free gift? Free. Absolutely, totally, with no strings attached. Can I read the rest of the verse? For God So loved. Have you ever gone to your wife and said, Honey, I so, so love you? I think that's a little bit more emphatic than, Baby, I love you. If I were to go into Ginger and say, I better go on. I just take that out of the message, turn TV off, whatever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Preacher, why would you preach on a verse so familiar so that you might understand it? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What motivated that action. What was the prerequisite to God's gift? What moved God to reach into eternity and get on the golden staircase of glory and walk down through the eons of time and eternity and get off yonder in Bethlehem in the form of a little bitty baby? born in the darkness and the dampness of a stable in the stench of the animals and there lay God. Yes. There in that manger in the dark and dreary and cold place lonely there lay God. In the manger. Now dependent upon humanity. 
Now to be nurtured by the breast of a human being. Now to be cleansed and cared for by fallen humanity. Now to be loved and despised and hated and rejected. There we lay in the manger. What would ever motivate, move God to become us? You know, selfish, sinful, ungodly, hurting and aching, aging, getting old and dying like us. What would motivate God? To do that. <laughs> Trying to keep I hate the hiccups. They say you're growing when you have the hiccups, you know that, don't you? You heard about an old doctor went out of town. He gave the young doctor the responsibilities while he's gone. 75-year-old lady came in and the doctor diagnosed her and sent her away and she went out crying and weeping and yelling, called the other doctor who was out of town and says, well, I want you to know I do not appreciate you turning your practice over to that young whippersnapper. Don't know what he's talking about. What's wrong? The older doctor said, said, well, I went to him. And he told me that I was pregnant. And I'm offended. I want you to know that I'm single. I'm not married. And he insults me with saying, I'm pregnant. I want you to know I do not appreciate it at all. So the older doctor called the younger doctor. Said, why would you do that? He said, well, she no longer has the hiccups. Now, people will laugh all during the service as they get that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> the prerequisite to God's gift. Here it is. For God so loved. For God so loved the world. You see, that's the prerequisite to any gift. God gave us a gift, and he paid for it. He loves us. God commended his love toward us. God proved his love toward us. God manifested his love toward us. And God still loves us. And the Bible said God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. You see, before giving, there's always the prerequisite of loving. And today's not about money. It's not about giving. It's all about loving. Because if God had not loved us, we would not have a church. If God had not loved us, we'd be on our way to hell. If God had not loved us, he would not give us our family. If God had not loved us, he would not be so gracious to us. Hey, we are so blessed today because God loves us. Loves us like we are, not like what we can be. He loved us. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. You see, we give gifts to those we love. You know why I give around here? I love this church. 
I love this church. This church has been good to me. This church has helped me raise my kids. This church is now helping me raise my grandkids. <laughs> Amen. This church has helped you raise your kids too. And this church will help you raise your kids if you'll let this church help you raise your kids. I love this church. This church will win your family to the Lord if you'll let it. This church will be a blessing to your family if you'll let it. I love this church. And the Bible said Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. Can anybody say amen? amen. The prerequisite to God's gift is love. Amen. Now, I don't know why, but I love Andrew. He don't love me. He just walks around with his hand at all times. Said, Daddy, love me, love me. Would you love me, love me, love me? Mandy's got bigger hands. She said, love me, Daddy, love me, Daddy. <laughs> Would you believe that those two kids have done things that displease me? Would you believe that? Look at Holy Joe sitting up here. You wouldn't think he'd done anything to displease me, would you? Huh? Would you believe he's lost any of my tools? Can you imagine me tearing the tailgate out of my truck with a trailer? You can't imagine. That don't bother me a bit. No, no, no. You know why I give to this church? Because I love this church. I love the ministry of this church. And I love the world, and I want to reach the world through this church. And we started in just a little old bitty front porch in my house and when I started talking to our church about going global and having a worldwide radio station, a worldwide TV ministry and worldwide missions ministry and approximately 100 plus missionaries supporting around the world and folks, I guess some of them thought I was losing my mind. I want to see the world one to Christ. I want to be an instrument in trying to help people get saved all over this world. Oh, and by the way, that's why God gave his only begotten son that the world might believe and be saved. The prerequisite. Now, if you don't love God, keep your money. It won't do any good. It just will not do any good. You'll be wasting your money and uh, probably, probably I'll waste it if you give it and you don't love God. But you prove the sincerity of your love by your giving. Husbands, you prove the sincerity to your family by giving yourself to your family. Wives, you prove the sincerity of your love to your family by giving yourself to your family. Grandparents, you prove the love to your grandchildren by giving them stability and loving them and being there when mom and dad is acting like idiots. Surely grandparents has already passed idiot stage. Amen, preacher. That wasn't in the notes, but that'll work every day. The prerequisite to God's gift. Can I give you now the preciousness of God's gift? 
For God so loved this world that he gave, now watch this, his only begotten, precious Son of God. He could have sent an angel. He could have sent that donkey he borrowed over there in Matthew 21. He could have sent anything. But he reached into his very soul and sent the most precious thing that heaven had to offer. Oh, nobody loves you. Somebody loves you enough to send his only precious son just for you. The night I got saved 50 some years ago, the preacher said this, I'll never forget it. Gene, if you had been the only sinner in the world, Christ would have died just for you. Oh, I knew. From going to Sunday school as a lad, I knew God loved the world. Yes, I knew that. But nobody ever screwed that nut so tight to make it individually precious to me. And when he said that God commended his love toward us, And then while we were yet sinners, Christ died. My heart began to break. An old, rough, tough, hell-raising, bar-fighting sinner was pierced to the quick to find out that God loved me so much he sent his only precious son just for me. Oh, dear God, I'm ashamed of myself. I don't love him anymore. Precious he was. God gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed Jesus for us. Is there anybody here today? Somebody stole my hanky. So if you get snot on the first three rows, that's not my fault. You should sit on the back row. God knew of the suffering and still he sent his son. When God got off the golden staircase in Bethlehem, he could see the rejection. He could hear the pounding of the hammer that drove the nails into his son's hand. Raised just a little lad yonder in in Nazareth. He knew the mockings and the scourging and the denial that was going to take place, and yet he still sent his son to die for me and to die for you. Precious. He knew it all along. The Bible said, For he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Give it all Sunday. Every Sunday around here ought to be a give it all Sunday because that's exactly what God did so that you and I might spend eternity in heaven He gave it all. 
didn't reserve a thing, knowing the denial, the rejection, the mockings, the flogging, the cruelty of the cross. God knew that. And yet, he so loved you and I that he gave his only begotten son. We ought not to flinch from give it all Sunday because every Sunday to God is a give it all Sunday. The preciousness, the prerequisite, notice the personalization of the gift that whosoever believeth in him. Have you ever seen a whosoever? Is that person next to you a whomsoever? Is the person sitting next to the person that you're sitting against, are they a whosoever? Did you know that Christ died for all the world? Do you realize you're part of the world? Do you realize you're the very whosoever that God gave his all for? Yeah, you. You may not love yourself, but God loves you. You may not know anybody that loves you right now. You think, well, I'll tell you, the whole world's a mess. Well, let me tell you, that's the folk that God died for. He loved you just like you are. That whosoever believeth in him, I think that's wonderful. The whosoever here in this verse is an in, in, in emphatic form. It means... 179 times in the Bible, it means the very same thing, whosoever. Absolutely, positively, unconditionally, anyone who wants to go to heaven and will believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ He died for you. You say, well, preacher, I believe, could I tell you that the devils do too? Just believing a recognition of is not going to get you to heaven. Belief here is to have faith in or on the Lord Jesus Christ that when you die, you can go to heaven. I was summoned down to the hospital one time years ago young man came to my door and told me, he said, preacher, my aunt is dying 
And I was wondering if you'd go talk to her about the Lord before she goes out to be the Lord. And I said, I sure will. I went, got in the car with this big old guy. He, I mean, he's a huge guy. He almost drowned me when I baptized him. He's the first one I knew. I had to throw my leg across. And me and him both went to the bottom of the baptistry. But we did get him wet all over at the same time. But so did I. And I walked into the house and to illustrate the point of faith, believing. And I walked in the house and did a little bitty frame house that was tearing down. And the man told me, he said, Preacher, when you get there, I want to just tell you something about my aunt. My aunt is a Methodist lady. She's gone to church all of her life. And I don't know if she ever said anything wrong in her life. She'd just been absolutely a, a staunched, staunched example to me. But I'd just like for you to talk to her before she dies. And I went in and she, cancer had just began to, to just take its toll on her. And, and as I sat down, I, I just sat down beside her. And, and I took my New Testament and I said, Aunt Kelly, could I talk to you for just a minute about the Lord? And she said, oh, yes, preacher, I, I, I like to talk about the Lord. I said, well, let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Aunt Kelly, if you were to die right now, you know 100% sure you'd go to heaven. She'd say, preacher, I certainly hope so. And I said, well, Aunt Kelly, do you think maybe at this stage of the game, hope so is not good enough? She said, yes, sir. I said, do you mind if I share with you just a few scriptures? She said, no, preacher, go ahead. I said, Aunt Kelly, here it says, for all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and there's none righteous, no, not one. Aunt Kelly, that means me, that means you. And I said, but God, wherefore has one man sinned into the world, so death by sin, so death is passed upon all men. Ain't Kelly, we're sinners because of Adam and Eve. And by nature, if we don't get saved, don't get born again, uh, we're lost. We'll spend eternity in hell. And about that time, she began to weep. Tears began to slide down her cheek very softly. And I said, but ain't Kelly, there's hope for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now listen to what she prayed. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and save my soul. And when I die, let me lean on your ever-loving arms to carry me across. Who's going to carry you across if you don't Go with somebody that's been there. Believe whosoever believeth. An experiential, an experience, an event that's real to you. Faith. You see, I might believe that aspirin can help my headache, 
but I'd be an idiot to think he can heal my headache in my hand. For the aspirin to work, you got to take it internally. For faith to work, you've got to receive the Savior. The Bible said to as many as receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to those that believe on his name, you can believe that Jesus came and died and go to hell, but you need to accept him as your personal savior by faith. Experientially, you need to experience yourself. You understand that? Uh, a precious gift, a personal gift. <laughs> I'm done. A permanent gift. That whosoever believeth in them should not perish, but have what? I didn't hear you. Say what? I mean everybody. What kind of life? Ah, oh, that's a Baptist word. That word don't work in a Pentecostal church. We need to rip that out of the Assembly of God Bible. We need to take that out of the water dogs Bible. That don't say repent and be baptized. It don't say repent and go to church. It's faith plus nothing equals eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Eternal life. You like that? Look at verse 15. Eternal life. Verse 16. Everlasting life. John 10 and 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand because my father which gave them to me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hands. I'm persuaded that he was able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thank God for a God that loved an old hell-bound, wretched, born sinner like myself and love moved him to send the precious Son of God that I might be gloriously born again forever. That's what Give It All Sunday is all about. It ain't about your wallet. It's not about your banking account. It's not about your giving record. It's about what's in here. Amen. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. For the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, I guess I'm done since I'm about ready to fall. Some of you folk hope I have a heart attack right here. I, I can tell looking in your eyes. That'd probably be the most exciting thing that happened to many of us in a long time. The Bible said, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. 
where rust and moth doth not corrupt or thieves break through and steal. God's perfect gift is laying up treasure in heaven. My godly mama has made heaven more sweet. I'm sure what my dad did for it, but I know mama sure sweetened it up. I hope that the offering today will make heaven just a little bit sweeter for somebody. We might buy a little bus fuel to go buy a little boy or girl's house. We might send a missionary to our foreign field. We might be able to educate some boys and girls and ground them in the Word of God so that when they get out in life and start making decisions, they might remember, thus saith the Lord. All we're doing around here laying up treasures in heaven. Where rust and moth does not corrupt, our thieves do not break through and steal. I wonder today as I close, have you received God's perfect gift? God's permanent gift? Do you know absolutely sure that if you died right this very minute, heaven would be your home. Are you like Aunt Kelly going through life with a hope so, maybe so, salvation? God didn't send his son for you to have that doubt. If you read verse number 18 of Genesis 3, Bible said, he that believeth not is condemned already. Now watch this. How does it make you feel when you take something home to your wife and she says, I don't want it? Don't that just make you want to shout hallelujah, amen, so you can take it back and put the money back in your pocket? The biggest offense to God Almighty are those who know what he's done and belligerently and intellectually reject his son. And he that hath not the son hath not life and is condemned already. If you have never accepted Christ, I'd like to meet you here and show you just like I've shown scores of folk throughout these 50 years. It'll turn your smile upside down. It'll turn your house inside out. You might even realize you got a good deal at the house. You'll stop kicking your dog and start purring with your cat. The Bible said to those that believe he is precious.